thing left the yard in the blink of an eye. He's got gold on that glove. You gotta believe. Unity is adversity. We are seeing unbelievable things at the ballpark tonight. Swing and a miss. Refuse to lose. See you later. United we play. United we win. Welcome to the Nats. Oh my. All hits all the time. We are family. An absolute rocket. We're busting ours to kick yours. Playing and a miss. On a 15. Respect all, fear none. Back to back to back. Intensity is not a perfume. Wow. That's incredible. Five, four, three, two, one. The Nationals are still out west, and we are back in D.C. in our Masson Web Studio for another episode of the Masson All Access Podcast. Welcome into the show, everyone. Bobby Blanco, Amy Jennings coming at you live on the Masson Nationals Facebook page or YouTube channel, or hopefully you're watching us after the fact on the Masson app, massonsports.com, or even subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Amy, good to see you. We've got a handful of games under our belt a couple weeks into the regular season. We made a trip up to Wilmington yesterday. Yeah, Baseball season is in full swing. Yeah, it is in full swing. We had a busy day yesterday, Bobby. Yeah. We went to Wilmington, then we came home. Of course, the Nationals are on the West Coast. We were both covering that game, so we had to stay up for that one, too. Um, and now we're back here for the podcast, but I love it. This is what we're. This is our job, right? Yeah, this is what. This is why we're here. As as people say, this is why we are here. Lots of coverage coming from Wilmington over the last couple of days. Uh, you'll see us on Nat's extra pregame show. Um, we talked to Mario Lasson, the man, the manager up at Wilmington. Hi, a Wilmington. Of course, James Wood, the number one prospect. We talked to Trey Lipscomb, third baseman over there, and T.J. White, outfielders, changed to first baseman recently, one of their top prospects as well. And prospects is what we're going to be talking mostly about today. We are going to be comparing the various outlets' top 10 rankings of Nationals prospects. We're going to give our own top 10 rankings of the Nationals prospects at the end of the show um, with the caveat knowing that we do not know <laughs> anything we're talking about. We're based, going based solely on who we've talked to, who we've seen in person, yeah. of course, other people get paid to do this. That's not officially a part of our job. Yeah, so give us a little credit, Bobby. Okay, right. But, but we, we, yes, yeah. We but, know what we're talking yeah, about, but, but not so do, much. We don't rank prospects for a living like right. these people do. Yeah. They dedicate months and months to this prospect list. Um, and it's, it was interesting. We talked to Baseball American Savannah McCann about how, like, what that process looks like. Seems crazy, seems intense. That's not what we do. No, that's <laughs> not what we do. So it would be a fun exercise. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about all these different rankings. Spoiler alert, James Wood's number one overall yeah. <laughs> across the board. But before we get to that, let's get to some housekeeping notes for the big league team. The Nationals, of course, still on their West Coast road trip, the first road trip of the regular season. Uh, they split a four-game season in Colorado, series in Colorado last week. They're now split. So far, three-game series between the Angels coming up Wednesday afternoon. They got that um, game to decide that series before coming home this weekend. Uh, Ildemar Vargas lands on the 10-day IL with the left shoulder strain, his non-throwing arm, but uh, another injury uh, to the Nationals, this time a utility infielder, a guy that's been actually playing a lot, and he was even playing a little more left field with Corey Dickerson being down as well with a, a hamstring strain. Jeter Downs were called from AAA Rochester. Jeter wasn't playing all particularly well at Rochester. It was more of a need. They needed someone to back up second and uh, shortstop at the big league level, which, of course, Jeter can do. Um and then even Davey Martinez went down with an illness, did not manage Monday's game in Anaheim. Tim Bogar takes over, manages a great game, and they get the curly W out west against the Angels. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just a couple of news notes right there. Uh, nothing too serious, thank thankfully. Yeah, nothing too serious. Um, it wouldn't be, you know, as serious if the Nationals weren't already missing Luis Garcia for a couple games. Same thing with Corey Dickerson in left field. So that's why we were seeing Ildemaro Vargas in so many games. And now he's down, so it's next man up. But Jeter Downs, like Davey Martinez said, you know, can play a lot of different positions for him. He can play in the outfield. He can play the infield. Um, if anything, God forbid, happens to C.J. Abrams, he can play shortstop. I think that's like the most important thing is that somebody has the ability to play shortstop. So Jeter Downs offers him that, just the 10-day IEL. 
hopefully Odomaro Vargas will be back. We're going to see Luis Garcia back soon. Um, so nothing too crazy. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, David Martinez missing that game. He was back last night, so that's good. Yeah, and uh, with Garcia, you know, you just hope it's not one of those things that lingers, 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 and eventually ends in an IL mm-hmm. stint because sometimes we've seen that before where the Nationals try to give a guy a couple of days rest and think they'll bounce back quickly and then it turns into this much bigger thing and they're at an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garcia was on deck in the bottom of the ninth in, or top of the ninth inning, I guess, Tuesday night against the Angels. So... He looked like he can hit, so hopefully not an IL stint uh, will be necessary. Um, Hopefully he'll get in the starting lineup later today. And then, of course, for this upcoming five-game homestand against the Guardians. And then the Battle of the Beltways next Tuesday and Wednesday against the Orioles. Quickly, I want to talk about Josiah Gray facing Shohei Otani Tuesday night. That was pretty exciting. You know, Josiah has had, I don't want to call it a rocky start to the season. He's been Strong. He's been pretty decent. Of course, the three home runs allowed on his first start against the Braves, back-to-back to to start his outing, the first two batters he's seen. But he's really settled in since. He had a strong outing his following start in Colorado in the Rockies' home opener. No run support. A one nothing loss to the hands of the Rockies. Um, I don't think he allowed a home run in that game. That that run was manufactured. I think even by, again, the Sun Monster. Right, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Lane Thomas losing a ball in the right field, so kept the ball in the yard in Coors Field, impressive. Yep. And then facing a tough Angels lineup, of course you got Trout, Otani, Anthony Rendon, um, and he held his own. He went toe to toe with one of the best overall two way players in baseball. Yeah, kind of unfortunate for Josiah Gray that you know it's come down to decisions in all three games. So it's a, he's an 0-3 record there for Josiah Gray. And on back-to-back starts, he hasn't gotten any run support. And we knew that was going to kind of be the story of this team this year is a lack of offensive production and where was it going to come from. And this is a perfect example of what we're seeing. We know the starting pitching had to step up. And Josiah Gray has stepped up in his last two outings. It's been really good to see. I mean, it was a pitcher's duel for five innings yesterday. Josiah Gray, really, the big mistake there was just leaving that cutter up and he paid for it, and it was ended up being a two-run homer. Outside of that, Josiah Gray pitched really well. And then they got a lot of good innings out of their bullpen. Thaddeus Ward came in and, and pitched a solid couple of innings. So it was fun to see yesterday. Um, unfortunate for Josiah Gray, if they could get any run support uh, for this guy, he, he might get some wins. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, and it, when he first came up with the Nationals, he could not get his first win as a pitcher. And, of course, you know, we – take pitchers win and loss record with a grain of salt. But when he first joined the nationals, he was showing really great stuff and was often in line to win games. And the nationals either blew the game, the bullpen blew or just didn't score enough runs. So we're kind of seeing that repeat itself. He's got an ERA slightly over four. That's obviously elevated from his, uh, his first start against the Braves, but you would still take an ERA slightly over four of the course of a season from him right now. Um, what's really impressive. I don't know if you saw this on pitching ninja from last night. He threw his first changeup of the season that's a pitch the Nationals have really been wanting him to get more comfortable with and to throw often. Obviously, he's worked really hard on that cutter. That cutter's been a great weapon. But David Martinez, at one point, called it like, you know, when a little kid gets a new toy and that's all he wants to play with, and you almost break it. Like, they don't want him throwing that cutter too, too much, and they would like to see him throw that change up. Davey saying about a week ago that Josiah wasn't totally comfortable doing that. Um, In a game situation, he threw his first one Last night, Tuesday night, against Shohei Otani for a strikeout. Painted it in the bottom right corner, 89-mile-per-hour changeup. If Josiah can develop that pitch to go along with his cutter and, of course, his high fastball, that's a great starting pitcher's arsenal for a young pitcher to have. Yeah, exactly. And then to hear what everybody – of course, I mean – it was against Shohei Otani, which That's makes really it cool. fun. Yeah. Um, and then to hear everybody before and after the game talking about Shohei Otani and how cool it is to see him uh, play against him, both hit against him and pitch to him. And in Josiah Gray's case, it was just you know funny to hear them kind of react. They were all like a little bit starstruck. I know Dan Colco asked uh, Lane Thomas before the game, you know, is it just like something cool that one of your peers does, or is it like, wow, this is like, you know, so cool? And he was like, well, yeah, he's like one of the best at what he does in both positions. So that was cool to see. Collectively, Shohei Atani and Mike Trout are one for 15 with seven Ks and a walk and a hit by pitch so far in two games this series. You would take that every single time. Absolutely. And if you scored some runs, right, you could be two. You could have already won this series right. going for a sweep this afternoon um, out in Angel Stadium. Uh, but still, that I mean, that goes to show and give credit to Patrick Corbin as well 
on Monday. I know yeah. he actually got his first win of the season. Still gave up, you know, the handful of like four-ish runs, but I, he held Trout and Otani in check. Um, you know, obviously a right and lefty batter, so it's not like he was just dominating a lefty, both lefties. So credit to Patrick Corbin for doing that as well, getting a curly W, um, and Josiah Gray going up. That's a great start. You have Mackenzie Gore on the mound today. It'll be interesting to see him attack Otani as another left-handed starter. Um, so interesting to see how the Nationals end up this series um, in Anaheim against the Angels. Okay, so quick recap before we move on to our fun activity of the day. We, we did, like we said, went up to High Wilmington, made the trip up to Frawley Stadium. The Blue Rocks had their home opener on Tuesday night. Again, talked to James Wood, TJ White, Trey Lipsicum, manager Mario Lisson. Um, Amy, you, you put this little sound clip together, so I'll let you tee it up. But it, it was interesting to talk to all these guys and how exciting they are for this very talent-heavy roster they have at High A. Right. I mean, a lot of these guys, I mean, outside of TJ White, you know, James Wood came into last season, you know, halfway through the season. They, same thing with Trey Lipscomb. You know, he came in after the draft. So, and then got moved up to Fredericksburg. So, you know, they were just starting to get to know each other and, you know, whatever. But now they're moving up together. They came from low A, Fredericksburg. Now they're at high A, Wilmington. Um, they're kind of moving up together. So they're getting more comfortable playing together. And I would imagine that, you know, that's going to kind of lead to more wins on the field. So here is the manager. We talked to TJ White, James Wood, um, you know, about their growth and development together. It's, it's sound across the board, you know, in every position, I think we have a, we have somebody in the outfield, especially where we have uh, James, uh, he will be getting a lot of reps in center fielder, in center field. Uh, Jeremy will also get reps in center field and right field. And uh, Jacob Young and McKenzie, they will be out there too. You know, all of them are, are pretty good outfielders uh, with a lot of uh, talent. So we're going to try and play them as much as they can and help them develop as quick as they can. Because uh, I think we really just feed off each other. You know, we know each other's strengths and each other's weaknesses. Uh, I don't really want to say weaknesses, but opportunities and uh, where we can grow. And we're just trying to help each other each and every day. Can you give us a James Wood scouting report? What's it like playing with him? Uh, <laughs> uh, James is a funny guy and uh, he's really talented and he works super hard. and. Uh, He's a leader, so we all just pretty much follow whatever he does. It's a lot of fun. I think we're gonna we're gonna be scaring a lot of pitchers, you know, putting a lot of runs up on the board. So I, I think we got a really deep lineup. So it'll be a lot of fun. It was kind of funny to hear there, like James Wood, quietest guy ever. Yeah. I mean, you could just tell right there, like you know, not long winded at all, very no. quiet. Um, and then you heard TJ White like, oh, no, he's actually a really funny guy. <laughs> so I think he's a completely different guy on the field, uh, in the dugout, in the clubhouse uh, than we're getting. I think they get a different side of James Wood. Yeah, apparently the, James has always been like that. We, Jesse Dockery of the Washington Post was there with us. He actually used to cover James and his sister when they were high school athletes at St. John's for the Post when Jesse was on the high school beat. And, you know. He, Jesse was saying he's talked to their parents before, and he, they were like, James has just always been like that. He's just been always kind of a quiet kid. And so, I mean, that's great because he, you know, he gives thoughtful answers, but it's just not like a whole lot of substance. And, he, you know, he's there to, to do his job. He's there to play baseball. And um, he had a big night. I mean, the, the, the Blue Rocks yeah. were asked, actually facing the high A affiliate for the Texas Rangers. And on the mound was Kumar Rocker, of course, a high draft pick out of Vanderbilt by the Mets. Of course, did not sign. A lot of issues with his uh, physicals. And then he enters last year's draft, another high draft pick, this time by the Rangers. Signs. Uh, he start, makes a start. James Wood gets the first hit off him, and James actually finishes with a three-hit night and a couple RBIs. So that's a great sign that James – I think he only had one hit over the first series in Aberdeen for the Blue Rocks, getting three hits in one night – one of them coming against one of the best pitching prospects in the country is, is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, and the, that's what he said to us as well. Is like, you know, it's just, I'm the season's just starting. I'm getting used to seeing some of these, you know, a high, little higher level of pitching, uh, getting used to my teammates. And I think you're kind of seeing the results of that there. But it was cool to get up there, cool to see some of these guys in person. I mean, we've been hearing James Wood, James Wood, James Wood. And we talked to him last year in Fredericksburg. Um, but to, you know, get to actually see him, see how he goes about his business. Um, it's funny. We 
we asked him about, you know, being the Nationals' number one overall prospect now and jumping up in the, the uh, national rankings. And he's just like, ah, it's the same, same game. Like, you know, he just is very, like, nonchalant about everything. Uh, so you don't really get to see that unless you go see these guys play or, you know, you're, you're around them. Yeah, very cool. And, of course, it's action easy drive up from D.C. It took me about two hours, and I made a pit stop to, to pick you up on the way. So... Blue Rocks, they also play a lot in Aberdeen. That's only like an hour and a half-ish away from, from D.C. So if you get a chance to go check it, that's a star-studded team. And like I said, we'll have more coming from that trip, talking to Mario, talking to TJ, talking to James, Trey. Uh, check out Nat's Extra Post Game Show. And, of course, Mass on All Access on the MassInSports.com and Masson app uh, coming up in the next couple of days. All right, let's get into the fun part of today's the activity of breaking down these top 10 prospect rankings, of course, you know, during spring, early parts of the season, the minor league season is fully underway. So we've had some of these lists already for a couple of weeks and months even. But you got uh, outlets like MLB Pipeline, Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, ESPN, Fangraphs, The Athletic. They put together these top 10 lists or top 30 lists even mm -hmm. of prospects for each club. They have like a top 100, a top 101, a top 112, a top 120 prospect <laughs> list uh, for all prospects in baseball. Um, so, you know, obviously with the major focus on the Nationals farm system now, seen by our trip to Wilmington, you know, we want to kind of look and break down a lot of these names, you know, I just find it interesting, the different ways outlets evaluate these guys and have them listed um so when we go through these a couple things to keep in mind to keep a look out for we'll have if you're watching live on facebook or youtube or even afterwards on the app or massinsports.com we'll have graphics overlaid on the screen with the top 10 from each uh list a couple things to look out for one of course obviously the ranking which each player is is listed um a handful of players, and mostly they're the same guys, will have a ranking and parentheses at the end of their name. That is where they land in that outlet's top 100, 101, 112, whatever it may be, prospect list for this rank. And, of course, also have their position. Now, I also found it interesting going through these, Amy. Some of these prospect lists have them, especially the outfielders, have them listed at specific positions and i'm guessing that's where they project these guys to finish like uh james wood was a right fielder elijah green and robert hassel the third or center fielders so i try to keep them when I, while making these graphics like as as close to what they project as possible sometimes they're generic as just outfielder mm -hmm. um the only difference i think would be is that some of these lists came out before it was made official that brady house is switching over from shortstop to third base full-time so all of these lists, I'm pretty sure, has Brady House listed as a shortstop. I changed him to third base since we now know that he is going to be a full-time third baseman. Um, but yeah, and then at the end, we'll uh, we'll talk about how these different prospects are, are viewed or evaluated. And then we'll ha each have our own top 10 that we put together real quick and go over those. So without further ado, let's go to the first list, MLB Pipeline. Of course, this is the most universal list. Uh, it's one of the ones that you don't need a subscription to go look at. <laughs> it's the one we probably reference the most on the podcast and on Mass and All Access. Uh, but there you go. James Wood, number one overall. Robert Hassel, a third two. Elijah Green, three. Kate Cavalli, four. Brady House comes in at number five, and then the rest of the top ten is Yarlin Susana, Christian Vaccaro, Jeremy De La Rosa, Jake Bennett, a left-handed pitcher, and TJ White, outfield first baseman. Also, he was listed mostly as an outfielder, too, mm -hmm. and I added first base since we just talked to him, and we saw him taking first base reps last night. Um, again, this is one of the most popular lists. This is one we've been over through over a lot already. Um, I think this is a good starting point. Nothing really out here that kind of jumps out. Maybe the fact that Bennett has cracked the top 10 uh, as that left-handed pitcher. Yeah, I think Jake Bennett and I think TJ White on this list. And I think Baseball America had them in, in their top 10 as well. But TJ White didn't make it into the top 10 on several lists. So it's interesting to see him. Uh, squeak in here like we talked about he made that that move to first base full-time I think everybody thinks he'll be able to both get more reps there and he projects better at first base in the major leagues than some of these other things because some of these other players because there's such a, a long depth of outfielders in this organization um, and he just doesn't have the speed that some of these other guys have so but he squeaks in there on this list and I believe baseball America's as well 
Yeah, and you know it's right all the same kind of guys. You got Wood, Hassel, Green, Cavalli, House. I mean, and there's are varying differences in um, experience here, right? Because Kate Cavalli is technically at the major league level. He's on the national sixty day IL. Uh, James Wood had a high A. Robert Hassel had double A. Elijah Green making his first appearance at uh, Single A Fredericksburg. Yarlon Susana still at Fredericksburg. Christian Vercaro hasn't even really made right. his professional debut yet on stateside. You know, he's going to be at rookie level uh, uh, Florida Complex League this year. Uh, Jake Bennett is still projected to be at high A. Uh, TJ White, we know, is at high A. Um, yeah, and then you look at the positions, right? Like, TJ White, I'm looking at it right now, how they listed it, and he still is as an outfielder. But now him switching to first base, does that change his ranking in your mind right. a little bit, for good or for worse? I, You know, because you look at, look, there's one, two, three, four, five outfielders ahead of him. There's only three outfield spots mm-hmm. on any given team. Um, and the Nationals deciding his best route to climb the rankings, climb the farm system, and reach the majors will now be at first base. You think that helps or hurts TJ White's view and I mean, evaluators eyes yeah, i think overall like if you're just looking at it position wise and projectability at the big league level i think it helps him because i think there's a more clear path at first base i think he's going to end up being better defensively at first base um just because of the lack of speed that some of these other players have um which is interesting for his size because he is so much smaller than some of these other outfielders on this list that are particularly big to be playing center field. Um, But short term, if you actually look at his defensive play temporarily, um, it might hurt him a little bit because he's still rusty at first base. But hopefully as he gets that together, um, you know, he'll be able to to move up this list and in the rankings. Yeah, so let's move over on until that's like a good starting point. The other thing to note about uh, MLB Pipeline is – this is the list that probably gets updated the least throughout the year. I feel like Baseball America, Baseball Perspectives, Fangraphs, they kind of True. update throughout the season. Pipeline really only updates preseason and midseason mm-hmm. after the trade deadline, essentially. And then those are the only two rankings you really get throughout the course of the season. So this will be the rank. It's not like they take these guys' performances in the minor league level or, you know, in like Cavalli's case, injuries, and then change them throughout the course of the That's year. That's going to say, it can, and that can either help or hurt prospects because if you're having a really good season, you're going to see yourself move up in the list. Like that could be TJ White's case if he starts the season really hot at the plate or the opposite where they're really quick to jump and, you know, change the prospect rankings after a slow start. You kind of uh, saw that in, in Brady House's case, so... Interesting to see. So let's move on to uh, Baseball America, which you mentioned our friend Savannah McCann. Uh, talking to her, Baseball America is actually doing the opposite of that, kind of making more of an effort to update these rankings almost on a monthly basis, it sounds like, throughout the course of the season. So they will be taking into account how these players perform um, during the throughout the course of the season. But kind of very similar. The only real difference here is I think Christian Vaccaro and Yarlin Susana are swapped. Uh, Vaccaro is uh, sixth and Susana is seventh here. Jeremy DeLosa remains at eight. And Jackson Rulledge actually enters at ninth instead of uh, Jake Bennett. Uh, the right-hander, of course, who was a former number one uh, first-round pick and now uh, pitching for A Harrisburg, actually had a pretty good first start to the season uh, while he settles into, uh, you know, a cold. Mm -hmm. It was funny, high A, everyone was complaining how cold it was that first weekend. Now we're getting some warm weather. Maybe it'll help guys like also like Jackson up in Harrisburg. Yeah, which is interesting to see that we're not seeing um, Bennett on this list. I mean, I think the reason he's left off a lot of lists is just because we didn't see him pitch after the draft. He only pitched it in struck. So they're just, you know, his stuff projects well. Um, his slider needs to come along, but we just haven't seen him really. Um, and I think that's why he's left off of a lot of lists, including this one. But similarly, it's interesting to see that they do include Christian Vaccaro and he is bumped up above Yarlin Susana on this list uh, because it's the same situation where you you know what the upside is there. You just haven't seen a whole lot of him actually, you know, on the field in the United States. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's like... You're just banking. We know he was one of, if not the best prospect mm-hmm. of his international class. But, you know, how many of these evaluators have actually laid eyes on Christian Vaccaro playing in an actual game scenario yet? Right. And that's why it's hard to put these guys, you know, in this list and where to put them. I mean, a little bit easier in Jake Bennett's case because you got to see him in college and yeah. you know what, th- what that is. But sure. as far as these international prospects that haven't made their debuts in the minor leagues or in pro ball yet, that's really hard to see where they squeeze into that list. And then, like you 
said Jackson Rutledge makes this list. Um, he didn't make a lot of the others. Um, and that's just because I think the injuries, he hasn't come along. He's not where he was projected to be at this point. Um, but maybe he does make this list because of how well he performed at the end of last season in Fredericksburg. I mean, he should be dominating low A hitters, but you know. Yeah, I'm going to keep plugging Savannah McCann on there because we've had conversations with her and people at Baseball America still remain very high on Jackson Rutledge despite the injuries. They really think if he can put it together, especially with the way he pitched at Major League Spring Training, uh, end of last year at Fredericksburg, starting this year at AA, he can still reach that potentially he possibly had coming out as a first-round draft pick and a former top prospect in this system and be a contributor at the very least uh, for the Nationals at the Major League level. Interesting to also note how these two right here, I mean, the Baseball America and Pipeline are probably the two ones we reference the most, right? Um, and how they view the top, let's see, five guy, four guys in their top 100 overall of mm. all prospects. They're very high they're higher on James Wood, Baseball America is, than Pipeline, but not as high on Hassel, Green, and Cavalli. James Wood is their 11th prospect overall, and then Hassel, Green, and Cavalli are below 57th, 57, 58, 61, respectively. And then you look at MLB Pipeline, James Wood is down at 15, four spots behind where Baseball America has them, but Hassel's all the way up to 32. Elijah Green almost cracks the top 40 at 41. Kekavali almost cracks the top 50 mm -hmm. at 53. So that's also an interesting aspect of this. That's like, okay, they have the same top four or five, but those four ranked top four ranked differently in their top 100 overall. Like, I wonder why that is. Right, exactly. And I, I imagine it's, I mean, ranking an organization's top 10 is one thing, you sure. know, you, you, these are your list of players, but then when you're ranking them across all of baseball, that has to be incredibly difficult. And she was saying, you know, to get to their top 100, they have a list of like 200 names and then they kind of go back and forth and have all of these debates. Um, so that's interesting to see because you're comparing these guys against all of the prospects in all of baseball. Yeah, and uh, you, you, right, they do have a top 200. And, you know, if you have a Baseball America subscription or you get mm -hmm. that magazine specifically, uh, the Nationals actually have end up having around nine in their top 200. So guys like Brady House, Vaquero, Susana, De La Rosa, Rutledge make their top 200, just not enough to crack the top 100. 100 so interesting to see where i haven't looked at exactly where those guys landed but they she did say that they are still ranked highly overall just not as high as a lot of other guys right and that's where guys like vicaro it's hard to see where he fits in against all these other guys because they probably have a, a much bigger sample size sure. um because just because he was an international signing and he hasn't played in the united states yet yeah baseball prospectus is another uh outlet that focuses heavily on minor league systems. Their top 10 um, is pretty much the same. Let's look at James Wood, of course, number one. Hassel, number two. Elijah Green, three. Cavalli says at four. Five for House. Yarlin Susana at six. Vaquero at seven. So that top seven is pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. You know, exchange, Susana, Vaquero, wherever they go. Um, but then you've got a surprise guy, and a surprise guy that actually made some news over the last 24 hour Zach Brixke, uh, a right-handed relief pitcher who was actually pitching well at major league camp for those couple of innings that he got, um, and has been sidelined since February with an injury. Some reports coming out over the last 24 hours that he's getting a second opinion about his forearm strain, but it's looking like he also might need Tommy John surgery, another blow to another pitcher in the national system. This guy actually had a fantastic year last year at Wilmington and probably was expected to start the season at Harrisburg. And then De La Rosa and Jake Bennett finish out baseball prospectuses top 10. Yeah, I think Brixke is the closest guy on this list. And the reason he squeaks into this list and not the others is because he is probably the closest to major league ready out of all of these guys, definitely out of all of the arms, of course, aside from Kate Cavalli, but on this list as a whole, which is why I think he, he sneaks in there. Um, Jake Bennett, again, we just haven't seen a whole lot of Jake Bennett. That's why he's so far down on this list. Uh, but we know what the stuff is there. Uh, so that's interesting to see. Um, also, you know, since we're talking about pitchers and injuries and a potential, you know, injury requiring surgery, there is that 
think about this list compared to lists in years in the past. Look at all of these position players yeah. that we did not have. There's still not a lot of infielders, Brady House being the only one on this list that is an infielder. But still, this used to list used to be primarily occupied by almost all pitchers, like 70% before. And now we're seeing a complete flip in that there aren't a lot of pitchers and it's mostly position players. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, the only two that are consistently in these top 10 is Cavalli, injury, and Yarlan Susana. Of course, we know how high the Nationals are on Susana. He was the one guy that Mike Rizzo absolutely wanted mm -hmm. in that Juan Soto trade, and which ended up causing him, costing him Josh Bell to get in that trade last year. So, But then you got a, a mixture of Brixie, Bennett, Rutledge, um, I mean, those three guys are pretty much kind of interchangeable at the yeah. bottom half. And then the rest are not just position players, but mostly outfielders. Mm -hmm. uh, you, I mean, I guess we're now calling TJ White a first baseman, but Brady House is really the only consistent infielder on right. this list. The rest of the guys are outfielders, and we know how deep this outfield class is. I think it's also interesting looking how Prospectus ranks their top four guys in their top 100 and one James Wood third overall right. in all of pro in all of baseball, the third ranked prospect per baseball prospectus. That is a really high praise. Surprising. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm just very surprised. And then Robert Hassel, Green and Cavalli fall in the 60s and 70s. 66 for Hassel, 68 for Green, 71 for Cavalli. But James Wood cracking the top three in the country is pretty impressive. Yeah, I think when we saw Baseball America's list and we were like, oh, 11th, like that's pretty high. Wow, yeah. James Wood, you know, might actually be the treasure in, you know, long-term looking back on the Juan Soto trade. But number three overall is, is pretty incredible and a huge jump for James Wood. Yeah, and I, look, he had a great end of the season last year. We, you and I talked yesterday that like we actually expected him to be at Wilmington by the end of last season. Mm -hmm. Um, but the Nationals chose to cap him at Fredericksburg to help with the Fred Nats playoff push. But jumping to third is is massive. And I, I don't personally know anyone at Baseball Prospectus to get like a, a reasoning why. But again, this is just one of those weird things. It just goes to show like, yeah, you know, this top four, five, six, seven is pretty much all the same so far across the board. But then you've got, you know, Wood up in the top three, and then the other three guys not cracking the top 65. Right, which is interesting because, you know, a lot of the other outlets are much higher on Robert Hassel yeah. III and on Elijah Green. You know, of, if in all of baseball, their rankings are a lot higher, and here they drop on the list. So they mm -hmm. are high on James Wood, uh, not so much, you know, the middle of, of this list. It's very interesting how they look at this, and uh, De La Rosa is still there. You know, what, what, what about Jeremy De La Rosa, right? I mean, he's Consistently on this list as well, looking like at between like the eight and ten range in these top tens. He's been there for a while now. We we didn't talk to him, but we saw him at uh, Wilmington yesterday. You know, Mario uh, Lasan saying that you know he's got so many outfielders to you know between Wood and the De La Rosa. You also uh, talk about Jared McKenzie up there playing, and hence why T.J. White moved to first, but. When you think about De La Rosa, I mean, he's kind of the older prospect now. He's been around for a while, and he's still ranking in top 10, which is great, but only really doing so at high A role. Right, yeah, it's interesting. You know, he kind of fits the bill of the rest of these outfielders in that he has the speed. He could be a major league center fielder. He has above average raw power, which we see from a lot of these other guys. Um, you know, you could see that in his 505 slugging percentage last year before he got hurt. He hurt his hand at the end of the season, mm -hmm. ended up having to have surgery, I believe. Um, so you kind of saw a fall off there. But Jeremy De La Rosa is, you know, on the bottom a lot of, of a lot of these lists uh, just because, you know, he's he's younger. I think he's 20 or, or 21. Um, but you're going to see more of him, I think. It's just this long list of outfielders all playing on the same team and all getting playing time. And, you know, a couple of them, with the ability to play center field. Yeah, uh, you're right. And center field is, and that's why I think let's move on to the next one, which I think is ESPN. And I think that's the one that we see them listing more specific positions for these guys. Yep. If you're looking right now, James Wood, number one, right field. Robert Hassel, the third, number two, center field. 
Cavalli and Susana actually jumped to 3-4 right here. Interesting enough, both right-handed pitchers. Green, center field. Brady House at 6, third base. Cole Henry makes an appearance right here, right-handed pitcher. Uh, this comes out even after he was dealing with thoracic outlet syndrome. This came out this spring. Uh, so he cracks this list for the first time. Christian Vaccaro, center field. Jake Bennett, left-handed pitcher. And Andre Lara makes his first appearance at number 10 on ESPN's list of top 10 Nationals prospects. Specific positions here. A lot of center fielders, like mm -hmm. you mentioned, probably also hurting Jeremy De La Rosa. But James Wood slides over to right. But we've seen him play mostly center at Wilmington. Yeah, which is interesting to see, you know, People think he could play, he could stay in center field just because of his speed, you know, regardless of his side. But that is interesting to see, you know, them moving to right field there and then keeping Elijah Green at center field. I don't think Elijah Green's going to have any trouble sticking in center field long term, but that's interesting to see that they make the switch for Wood and, and not for Green. And then, of course, Cole Henry making this list. Thoracic outlet surgery was sad to see because Cole Henry really, out of everybody in this organization, aside from Susanna maybe, really has the best stuff and was so close to making the major leagues. Um, of course, that surgery bumps him off of many of these lists, but it was interesting to see that they keep him on here. And yeah. above Jake Bennett, which... You know, who made a lot of the lists, you know, even though we haven't seen them. Yeah, and this is one of the lists that we see a most of the, a lot, the most guys in the uh, their top overall rankings. Right. Now, this expands to 120 for ESPN, but James Wood, 13. He was there for Baseball America as well. Robert Hassel, the third, 57. We've seen him in that area. That's another big gap, though. Uh, Kegel Volley down to 69. Susana, 85. Which talk interesting that Susana is jumping Green and House in this ranking. Uh, Green outside the top 100, even 103, and Brady House rounds out the top uh, 120 at 120. Um, Susana jumping the make that I'm really high on your own Susana as well. Mm -hmm. I think, and that, again, that's not based on watching him pitch. That's based on how everyone else is talking about him. You hear Mike Rizzo how excited he is about him. You hear uh, Dejon Watson talk about how excited he is about your own Susana. The guy throws heat and enough there to project himself into the top five above guys like a fifth round, oh, sorry, number five overall pick in Elijah Green, number 11 overall pick in Brady House. Yeah, what surprises me about this list is how far Brady House is bumped down and how far he is bumped down in all of baseball rankings. 120 on this list. I mean, last year at this time, he was in every top 100. Mm -hmm. He was in uh, the top 50 in some rankings, and I think it just comes down to, you know, he struggled last May. He started the season really strong was hitting 341 for Fredericksburg in April's OPS I think just below 900 he hit for the most power on the whole team then he got COVID then he had the back injury and he really struggled through May hit for virtually no power and it's so interesting to see you know how much they're putting on that I don't know if it's because of the injury or because of how he performed uh, through May because now we found out because of the injury um, but just how you know they're like Robert Hassel the third, you know, didn't play, and they're they're a little bit more gentle with how they're mm -hmm. you know they're they're ranking him or judging him because of that injury, and they're not as gentle with Brady House. Yeah. I think because he played yeah. uh, through that injury for I, a little bit. Well, you can say the same thing. I mean, just the opposite about Cole Henry. I mean, like this is the first True. time we've seen Cole Henry break a top ten ranking, but you know he barely pitched at all last yeah. year and. We haven't heard really much of him pitching at all so far this year. Yet here he is at seven. I mean, Brady House at least pitched, I mean, sorry, pitched, played a chunk of early last year and, and with great success. Yeah. Now, Cole Henry did, you know, advance himself up to AAA, I believe, at some point mm -hmm. last year before maybe he was shut down. that's what they're going off of, you know, the time this, that, yeah. that he actually played. Same thing with the time that Brady House actually played. Mm -hmm. um, and Robert Hassel, you know, did it, maybe? Yeah, but you, you can make the argument that Cole Henry's thoracic outlet syndrome, which we saw Will Harris go through and never be the same again. We've seen Steven Strasburg now going through it and may never pitch again. Now, Cole Henry's, of course, much younger than these guys and has a better chance of bouncing back, but this is a serious injury that has affected pitchers throughout the course of you know history, right? But they still remain high on him but are sour on Brady House yeah. for a back injury and COVID. Yeah, fair, who's you know even younger than Cole Henry is. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know... And a higher draft pick, too. And... Um, yeah, much higher. And Cole Henry, I mean, there's a possibility Cole Henry never pitches again, Correct. which is why we don't see him on any of these other lists. If he didn't have that injury, he would be, you know, five or six on most I of these lists. So, yeah. 
But because of the injury, he's completely bumped off most of them. But here you see him, you know, still, you know, just the upside and the potential of Cole Henry. I think that's great, too. Like, and you know, you don't want to give up on Cole Henry. And, you know, knock on wood, if and when he does come back to pitch, you hope he's back to what he was showing last year. Some were saying that he could be even better than Jackson Rutledge, be on the same level as Cade Cavalli, even, uh, for the Nationals' future rotation. You know, they're talking about, like, a big three of or four of uh, uh, Gore, Gray, Cavalli, and Henry down the future instead of like a Rutledge. So, you know, you hope he bounces back. It is just interesting that ESPN still has high hopes for him, making him uh, number seven in their rankings uh, for the Nationals' top pro- 10 prospects. Yeah, and then Andre Lara sneaking in there, yeah, not on any of these other lists. Good for him. Uh, it's just, it seems like with him, it's just the development of his secondary stuff has mm-hmm. to come along. And when you talk to Mario Lisan, you asked him about it yesterday. He said it is coming along. Um, and, and he had some success with his secondary pitches. So that's good to see. Um, and, you know, that's why he's sneaking onto this list. Only one earned run uh, in his first start over five innings, struck out three, one walk uh, against 17 batters that he faced for high A Wilmington. And, yeah, Mario Lasson saying, you know, his fastball stuff is there. He throws it for strikes, still mm-hmm. working on the off-speed stuff. Um, but that's coming along. He's only 20 years old. Again, He's. This is his first taste of high A ball. He's pitched two seasons at Fredericksburg now, and of course rookie level ball. So we're looking for Lara to to kind of get it going a little right. bit. You know, start ramping up a little bit. And if he could do that, that's a great sign for Nat. Because you know we talked about the lack of pitching on this list. That's a guy along with Jake Bennett sneaking in here, and you know could be like, all right, this guy could be a part of the future. Same with Zach Brixie, highest ranked reliever of this Nationals right. farm system. You know. The Nationals bullpen strong right now, but what does it look like in three, five years, right? That's Mike Rizzo always talks about one-year plan, three-year plan, five-year plan. Brixie, I would assume they would hope would be a part of their bullpen, uh, you know, in 2028. Yeah, so. and I think it's possible we're going to see Jackson Rutledge in that bullpen too. Possible. Maybe a high-leverage guy. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if he still projects as a starter, but we'll see. Yeah. Not what they want, but we'll see. Um, the last outlet that we have a top 10 for is Fangraphs. Um, of course, Fangraphs has a great uh, roster reference page. Now, the one caveat here is that they have not updated their top 10 list from last year. They've only updated a handful of teams I saw, um, like l- not like a quarter of the major league team. So these are uh, the ra- the rankings at the end of 2022, but they have updated their top 112. And they actually <laughs> did so recently because if you look, you will see Kate Cavalli at number 99, uh, even though he's was again, a previously, this is a previous ranking from 2022. Kate Cavalli was their second ranked prospect, but he's number 99, Currently, in their top 112, he was as high as 63, and this Tommy John surgery setting him back to just inside the top 100 for fan graphs. But they ended last year with James Wood, Kate Cavalli, Robert Hassel III, Cole Henry again, cracking the top five, Brady House at five, Christian Vaccaro six, Elijah Green all the way down at seven, Jeremy De La Rosa eight, Yarlon Susana cracking the top ten at nine, and Jackson Rutledge rounding it out uh, at ten. Yeah, this would look a little bit different if it was updated because we wouldn't see Cole Henry as high. I think we would see Elijah Green a little bit higher, maybe Christian Vaccaro getting the bump down just because he doesn't have as much experience as the rest of these guys. Um, But pretty, you know, on par as far as the actual names on this list, not the order that they're in, but the actual names are pretty similar uh, to a lot of the other organizations we've seen. And so like going through their top, so the top, like I said, top 12, the top 112 was ranked or updated before the 2023 season, the preseason. Right. So these rankings and parentheses are the latest up to date. You've got James Wood again at number three. And then a massive drop to the next one, Elijah Green at 92. The biggest the biggest jump massive. we've seen, the biggest gap between those players that we've seen on any of these lists. Nine, almost 90 spots. Barely Elijah Green and Brady House and definitely Kate Cavalli barely squeaking into the top 100. Top 100 and Robert Hassel III rounding, <laughs> rounding out the top 112 at 112. I just, I, I, I don't know. I It just fascinates me like how... Again, this hasn't been updated, so don't don't like focus too much on their rankings of the Nats top ten. I'm more focusing on how they rank these guys in overall oh, top one twelve. 
I just don't see how is there that much of a difference between James Wood one being that high at three, but then everyone else being so low. Well, and Elijah Green being the next on this list, you That's know, true. ahead of Brady House, ahead of Robert Hassel the third, and how far Robert Hassel the third is down. Right. I mean, if you look at the way you know their top one twelve overall, if you're just looking at that, you would imagine that you know in the Nationals top ten they're going to have Elijah Green higher than they have Robert Hassel the third. They would have him second, yeah, and then Brady House third. And then Cavalli four and Hassel would be five of the Nationals. So that's a that's the first major shakeup we've right. seen um, of their top five mm-hmm. of any of these lists. Fangraphs having all these guys kind of all over the place, and and just the drop between third and ninety two between James Wood and Elijah Green is fascinating. I wonder if because Elijah Green has started off well at Fredericksburg, like I wonder if how often you know. Like I said, they've only done a handful of teams. Whenever they come out with their latest top ten for the Nationals, like I wonder if that Elijah, that number next to Elijah Green, ninety-two, gets moved up a little bit too because he's had a strong start this season. I mean, like this is overall, Fangraphs I believe has the Nationals farm system ranked thirteenth. I just, I mean, that's a good number, but I can't imagine. Like, I don't know. I just, I just, I feel like if you're at a thirteenth ranked. Farm system, you've got five guys in your top 112. I would have to imagine guys like Green, House, you know, if he can stay healthy, move up in the top. I, probably not Cavalli and Hassel because they're hurt right now, but I would imagine Green and House have to move up higher in this top 100 ranking. Yeah, which is interesting to see because, well, you know, this those top 112 did come out after a lot of these injuries came out. So right. maybe that has to do it with those two guys you mentioned specifically. But before but, the season started, so like Green's right. hot start and Brady House's good strong start not counted Could, for. you know, yeah, exactly. Move them up even more. It'll be yeah. interesting to see. Definitely interesting to see. All right, so that's the top 10 from these various outlets. Real quickly, uh, the Athletic doesn't do, I don't believe, top 10 for each team. But they do do a top 100 by Keith Law. James Wood comes in at 16th. Um, that's the lowest, I believe, in a top 100 list we've seen him. Elijah Green, 35th, mm-hmm. <laughs> like we just talked about. Um, and then Robert Hassel, 43rd. Kate Cavalli all the way down at 71. Brady House, 85. Um, so those five guys, same, pretty much same names. Actually, Brady House, I think that I believe is his first crack into a top 100 of any of these lists. Um, but... Same names, pretty much. Right. Just, again, different shakeup. Green's really high, the highest I think we've ever seen him on any yep. of these lists. And James Wood is the lowest, the lowest that we've, we've seen, seen him. him. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. Do you want to get to our own? Yeah. So, I mean, like, real quick, just kind of like, how did you go about your own ranking? I mean, I kind of went with, it was a, you know, a combination between, um, you know, their tool grades, how I grade them. Yeah. Um, their... I guess, major league projectability and then what they've actually done, you know, so far in the, in pro ball. Yeah. Um, and I think it's kind of similar to most of these lists. Um, it doesn't vary too much, just the positions a little bit. So, and injuries, of course we had, I had took that into consideration. Yeah. I I think I focused mainly on, um, projectability, like, talking to people, reading reports, reading scouting reports, mm-hmm. like kind of combining what you said about their tools and, you know, how they project, but also a, like, what have you done for me lately kind of mm-hmm. evaluate. Like I took injuries, lack of playing time, where these guys have started into account. And I didn't, I tried not to focus too, too much on specific positions. Like I'm not like, Listing James Wood as a right fielder or center fielder. Right, right. I, I kept Same pretty outfielder, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, because that, that's more of a problem for later, right? Like, ideally, you get Wood, Hassel, and Green all up at the major at the same time, and then you figure out who works best right, there. Like, that's exactly. not that big of a deal. Um, all right, so you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, I can go first. Ladies you want first? Me just to go down my list? Yeah, go for it. All right, so I have, like everybody else, James Wood coming in uh, at number one. 
He's great. Advanced plate approach. He has the power. He has the side. The plus arm and center field. I think he can stay in center field, even though some of these outlets, or one, has him moving to right field. Uh, the speed for his side, number one overall. I'm still going to put Robert Hassel the third at number two, despite the injury, just because of the projectability there. He's the closest out of these position players on the list to reaching the major leagues and the tool set, I think, you know. Uh, he still has to come in at number two. Key Cavalli, I wanted to bump him down farther <laughs> on the list just because of the injury, but I still think, you know, you know, despite the injury, despite the surgery, obviously he cracked the major leagues. He has to be on this list. Their highest pitching prospect, he has to be pretty high. Then Brady House and Elijah Green. I bumped Elijah Green down, I think, a little bit more just because of the swings that misses. I think if he cannot be a major league hitter until he figures that out. Um, it's gotten a little bit better, uh, but I don't think he's completely figured that out as well. I think Brady House is going to be a much more successful major league hitter than he is. Um, Yarlin Susana, just because we know how high this organization is on him, the stuff is there. Christian Vaccaro, um, farther down on my list than I think most, just because we haven't seen him. Uh, you're going off of all yeah. completely scout reports and you know completely his tool grade, so kind of hard to tell. Cole Henry still made my list right. just because I think he has the best stuff out of any of these pitchers. I think he, if he can come back from the surgery, he's going to, you know, be a successful starter in the major leagues. We'll see. And then Jeremy De La Rosa and TJ White made it for number 10 for me just because, you know, I think with his power, I don't think he's ever going to be uh, an average hitter. He's never going to hit for average, but his power and with the move over to first base, you know, I, I think will help him defensively. Yeah, I think that's a very uh, – this. I feel like it's looking very similar to one of the ones we just, like, went through, except for Green maybe falling down to five. Um, I like this list. I, I think the Cole, the whole, Cole Henry definitely stands out, right, because, mm -hmm. like, we talked a lot about, you know, the injury. There's so many question marks there, but if we get the Cole Henry of old, he's definitely one of the better pitchers in this system uh, with Susana and Cavalli. Um, yeah, I like this list. I think it's a great – Evaluation I, and I like love your explanations as well. So I've you 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 sold me on your list. I, I okay. would accept this. I, okay. I, I saw this out there from a publication. <laughs> I would accept this. Okay. I like that. Um all right, looking at mine, of course, I also have James Wood at number one overall. I have Elijah Ooh. Green at number two. I went a little higher on Elijah Green over Robert Hassel the third here, who comes in at third. Um I like the potential for Elijah's overall game. Like, in my mind, Elijah Green has a a higher ceiling. I would say Robert Hassel definitely has a higher floor. I think a lot of people Agreed, have said yeah. that, right? Robert Hassel, I think, projects to be, at the very least, a solid major league player. I think Elijah Green has the potential to project to be a superstar. Okay. Um, in this outfield, along with James Wood, right? Like, he can play all three positions. He is fast both in the field and on the base paths. You're right. He has not hit for contact yet. Hopefully that comes. He's still very young, of course, being drafted out of high school. But he already has massive power for, what, a 19-year-old? Um, so I I like Elijah. I'm, I'm going with a higher ceiling. Okay. Then higher floor for this ranking. So I have Elijah over Hassel. I have K down at four, mostly injury related. Um, and you know what? I mean, he, we probably wouldn't even be including K Cavalli in these rankings. You know, we, we, I would prefer we weren't, right? That would right. mean he'd be pitching at the major league level. Uh, but because he's so only made one major league start, now out for the season. You know, I even toyed with him dropping him further down this list, okay. but I still think Kay Cavalli at his best, what we saw in spring training, he can hopefully be a dominant pitcher in the major league level. Health, of course, being the major concern there. Brady House coming at number five. Um, and I have Garland Susana over Christian Vaccaro because, like you said, mm -hmm. we have not seen Vaccaro play major league ball. I think Christian Vaccaro projects to be much like an Elijah Green. Overall, all-around player, hit for power, hit for average, can steal bases, plays defense all over the place, um, I, I, has a strong arm. He can be an all-around toolsy type, just haven't seen it yet, um, and that's no fault of his own. When he you know, plays more at the Florida Complex League, hopefully reaches Fredericksburg at some point this season, that would be, you know, we can have that conversation later. Jeremy De La Rosa, like I said earlier, 
He's just always been around. He's 20, <laughs> what, 22 years old, like you said. Still a young guy. Um, I still think he projects to be... He is like... You know, he is similar to Hassel in that I think he has a solid floor as well. I think Hassel's floor is a little higher than Jeremy De La Rosa, but I can see Jeremy De La Rosa being a, a solid major leaguer at some point um, if he continues to climb the ranks. Jackson Rulledge, I still have number nine. Mm. I, that's recency effect, I think, for me. I'll be honest, like seeing him in spring training, talking to him in spring training, if he stays healthy, I think we're seeing a different Jackson Rutledge this season. Um, if he starts and continues to pitch well at Double A, hopefully he reaches Rochester at some point this year. Maybe the major leagues. I, that might be a, a bit of a stretch, but I'm still high on the possibility yeah. of Jackson Rutledge, especially talking to a bunch of other people who are also high on him and the way he came into spring this year. So let's see how he does at Harrisburg. And then TJ White. Now, I I, I think TJ White is going to be a – Pretty good player. I, I do think this the change to first base is going to help him. But currently right now, I mean, it's just going to take some time to adjust. We right. talked to him yesterday about that adjustment. It's coming along for him. I can't rank him, rank him that much higher until he is like a full-time first baseman. And we see how he does over there. Yeah, I think that move is going to hurt him before it helps him. Yeah, right? He has sure. to work out some kinks, get used to first base. And then I think it's going to help him long-term. Um, same thing is the strikeouts were a big issue at the beginning of last season. He's right. starting to figure it out. He figured it out. He dropped that rate, you know, a good bit at the end of last season. Once he figures that out too, I think he, he's going to rise up these ranks, I think. Yeah. So a lot of the same names across the board from all these rankings, you and I have the same names in different organ and different orders. But, you know, all in all, one, a fun exercise, two, a lot to be excited for, right? Yep. For the Nationals, you've got one of the better farm systems that, one, you've had in a long time, and two, currently in, in baseball, uh, I believe they're the highest-ranked farm system in their division above the Mets and the Marlins and uh, the Phillies. We know the Braves are dead last on a lot of rankings, so future is looking good. This 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 rebuild and now year full year number 2 is off to a good start and you got number 2 overall pick coming up in July too. Right, you're talking about one of the worst farm systems to, you know, kind of middle or as high, I think they're ranked as high as 8 um, you know, by some outlets. So, that's exciting and if you look at that list of names, a lot of them weren't with the organization at this time last year True. or two years ago. So it's, you know, a whole lot of talent um, that's not only ranked high in, you know, this particular farm system, but in all of baseball, which is good to see. And I think that's a great point. And one of the most impressive parts about these lists is the different avenues that the Nationals have acquired these talents that have totally revamped the top of part of their farm system rankings. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, of course, we talked a lot about that haven't reached double A yet. So they're the lower levels, but of course you guys got drafted high and green and house and, you know, Cavalli is a first rounder. You got trades and wood hassle, mm -hmm. uh, Susana, um, you have internationals, Vaquero, uh, De La Rosa. Mm -hmm. So, and then you even look further down outside the top 10 draft guys like Trey Lipscomb that we talked to TJ white, um, uh, Jake Bennett, so many names. So they're getting young players, young talent through different ways. And I think it's, that's, that's good. That's a very, you know, use all the resources available to you, get all the most talent the best way possible and just figure it out later. Right. That's how you have to rebuild. And we're also not having the conversation. I mean, last year, the year, both years, really when they're, weren't any, you know, middle infield prospects coming up. Yeah. Um, and now we don't really have to worry about there being a lack of those names on this list because you have C.J. Abrams and Luis Garcia who are going to be up the middle for you for the foreseeable future. Um, that's not as much of a concern, you right. know. Um, you know, before that, you had the outfielder prospects. You know, you were you were worried more about it at the infield and you don't have to have that. And we were kind of concerned because the whole list was made up of pitchers. And that was a little bit concerning because there weren't position players in this organization. Now you're not, you know, have to worry about that as much so it, it's good to see this change and it's a come up bobby <laughs> it is it has come up so i think we should revisit this after the draft after the trade deadline yep. you know maybe not updated as frequently as baseball america apparently will be but maybe do a little more than let's say mb pipeline will yeah. be and, and kind of because like like i said you already have international market you'll see some of these guys that they just signed to play in the dominican summer league Number two pick in July, trade deadline at the end of July and beginning of August. 
another more avenues to get more talent. So we'll see how they do. Now, the difference, of course, is they don't have a Juan Soto or Josh Bell to trade this year, but I would imagine they still figure out a way to make some moves to bring in somebody. It's not right. going to be a Wood, a Hassel, or a Abrams, or Gore, or a Susana, but it's, you know, add any way you can and then hope it turns out. Which is fine because you need depth, you know? Yeah. You can't, you don't want to be in the position where you're trading the some of the best players in all of baseball and getting these top-rated prospects. It's better, you know, that part of this rebuild is over with, right. um, hopefully. And now you're just adding more depth to your organization. And so. it's all about player development. Yep. You got to develop these guys. It's one thing to have them and see these rankings. Another thing to get them up to the major league level and have them contribute to be the next winning yeah. team. So that's the next big step. Well, that was fun. Big thanks to Matt Bonaparte for uh, producing this show behind the scenes. Of course, you can follow Amy on Twitter at Amy Jennings News. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. Mark Zuckerman has you covered, of course, out west. And when we get back uh, at Nationals Park this weekend, Battle of the Beltways next week at Nationals Park. That'll be fun. Um, and then we, I think we'll have an episode next year. We've got some scheduling conflicts, but we'll, and then I'm, a, I'm, I'm in New York the following week. So we might have to take a break shake things up one a of these weeks, here. but uh, you know, we'll be back soon enough. Plenty of Nationals talk on the Mass and All Access podcast coming forward, which of course you can subscribe to on Mass and, uh, well, you can't subscribe on the Mass and app, but you should be watching on the Mass and app, massandsports.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts. Hopefully you subscribe to the Mass and All Access podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.